Hey guys, my name is Pastor Ron. So glad that you tuned in to the podcast of Allentown Fellowship Church. Each week we're going to endeavor just to walk through the Bible book by book and then give you some truths that you can apply to your life. So welcome to the AFC podcast. Trust and pray that God's word today will be a blessing to you. One to ten. Let's do a quick little recap from last week. Jesus has just finished telling of the events surrounding the judgment on Israel that's about to come. The destruction of the city. He's talking to his disciples. He's also letting them know that they are going to be persecuted. Right? And we talked about how as we follow out church history, that's exactly what happened. Also, he encourages them to be on guard for his return. So you're going you're gonna to go through, as you proclaim Christ, the world is not going to take nicely to that. And I believe all the disciples died a martyr's death except John, who ends up on the Isle of Patmos. Okay? So on the heels of this, remember where we are in Mark. Jesus is headed to the cross. He's probably less than a week away from hanging on the cross. And as we look at what we're going to see here, Jesus, he's nearing his crucifixions, his crucifixion. You're going to see the disciples complain over Mary's use of expensive perfume to anoint Jesus. Remember, these are the disciples that are complaining. Again, the disciples are not getting it. Remember in the disciples' minds, what are they waiting for Jesus to do? Set up an earthly kingdom right now so that they can be in power with him. And when they begin to realize their timeline is off, Jesus is not doing earthly ministry. Jesus is not proving that he's the son of God because in their day, he was going to get rid of Rome and set up an eternal kingdom. That's future. He had something bigger to do. And that was to go to a cross to pay for the sins of mankind. The disciples kept missing it. Right? Remember, they kept asking him, at this time, are you going to set up the kingdom? At this time? And then they even had the audacity to do what? So, um, Jesus, when you set this kingdom up, could I be like your right-hand man? They were all like power hungry, just looking to have a prominent place in his kingdom. And as we'll look at a week or so from now, you're going to see when things really got hard. This Jesus whom they said they love, they all left him. They all left him. And then Peter hangs out and does what? Denies him, right? Disciples missed it. Jesus commends Mary for her sacrifice and Jesus, again, in this narrative, we're going to see where he alludes to his death. This is not something that is inviting to the disciples. You keep talking about death. I thought you were the Messiah. I thought you were the one who was going to restore Israel to her glory. They missed it. And then we're going to see that Judas sets up the betrayal. So, as we jump in, let's ask God to open up our understanding. God, thank you for your word. And I pray now, God, as we read this passage, that 
you would help us to see the significance of it. Father, that we would see Jesus Christ for whom he is. And Father, that our response to him would be an appropriate one. So we thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Starting at verse 1. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now keep in mind, there's crowds of people. Crowds of people here for the Passover. And Jesus is also entering in his last days. Do you think it's a coincidence that Jesus Christ is in the city at the time of the Passover where they're celebrating what? The Passover lamb. The Jewish people doing what? Having a meal commemorating what? When they were rescued out of Egypt, right? When they had to kill a lamb and put blood on the doorpost of their houses as Jehovah was taking them out of Egypt. And the death angel came throughout the city. He said, put blood on the doorpost of your homes and the angel of death will pass over you. This is what the Jewish people are commemorating. That's why they celebrate the Passover. Even today, a lot of Orthodox Jews celebrate the Passover. Remembering what Jesus did historically in the life of Israel. What we're going to realize is that Jesus Christ himself is the Passover lamb. Who's about to hang on a cross. Shed his blood. So that the wages of sin, which is death passes over us. There's no coincidence that these events are playing out at the time of the Passover. Right? Remember John the Baptist said what about Jesus? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So in the city there are thousands of people that have gathered to celebrate the Passover and to commemorate what Jesus did. Now notice what happens. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. So they recognized with all of these thousands of people in the city, and Jesus, remember, he's a pretty famous person. <laughs> he healed a lot of people. He gave a lot of free lunches. He did a lot of miracles. So they're like, this is not the time to arrest him and to kill him. There might be an uprising. The question becomes this. Why do the chief priests and the scribes want to kill him? We'll go back a couple of weeks. Remember what he did in the temple? <laughs> Came in the temple and turned over the tables and said, you've made my father's house a, ha a house of thieves. Remember how Jesus kept confronting the religious order of the day? the Jewish establishment, Judaism of the day, he kept looking at it in its face and saying, you guys think you're representing God, but you're not. They had enough of this man. He said, it's time to arrest him and to kill him. Jesus is very popular at this time, and they want to take him out. But again, understanding these events are happening, but God is sovereign. God's working behind the scenes. So notice, the narrative is going to shift as Mark records it. Because now he brings up this incident 
of Mary anointing Jesus. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. Now, if you read the other gospel accounts, we know that this woman, Mary, is the sister of Martha. This is Lazarus' brother, or rather sister, okay? What happened to Lazarus? Remember what Jesus did to him, right? Raised him from the dead. So here they are in the midst of the Passover. Jesus is in the house of Simon the leper. What's unusual about that? Simon the leper. Well, obviously Simon, Simon must not still have leprosy because he would not be hosting a party. <laughs> this is probably a leper that Jesus healed. And now hosting this meal. They're reclining at table. Here comes Mary. And again, we know that from the other gospel accounts. And she takes this perfume very costly and she broke the flask and she pours it over Jesus' head. What in the world? Okay? What is she doing? Well, before we get to that, look, look at this scenario. This is so much like Jesus. Here you have Jesus in the home of a former leper, which probably people didn't want to have anything to do because, you know, he was a leper. Jesus is in his house. A woman comes in and interrupts the meal, which was culturally not permitted. You don't walk in when the Jewish people are having a meal, particularly men, unless you're serving. She comes walking in, breaks open this perfume, and begins to pour it over his head breaking all these cultural rules but Jesus does not condemn her behavior at all you know who he condemns the behavior of his disciples it's amazing how this whole thing gets flipped on its head let's see what happens there were some who said to themselves indignantly why was this ointment wasted like that? Oh, wow. Who she poured on? Jesus. Why was this ointment wasted? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. Oh, they sound righteous now. Oh, so you're really worried about the fact that we could have sold that money and given it to the poor. Mm. And they scolded her. Who is this speaking? Who are the some? These are his disciples. And they're looking at what she did. And if you read the other gospel accounts, you'll see that this whole thing was kind of initiated by none other than Judas himself. Because Judas held the, the money bag. I can't believe what, uh, God, John, yeah, Peter, look, look at what she's doing. We could have sold that. We could have fed the poor. Are you kidding me? Jesus, why in the world are you allowing her? See, this is an indictment against Christ. Because Christ didn't stop her from doing it. Are you catching that? They're speaking to Jesus. Why was this ointment? Let me say it this way. Jesus, why would you let her waste this ointment on you? 
Wow. I thought they loved the Lord. Now, keep in mind, in a Jewish culture, anointing someone was something that would happen before you bury them. Jesus is going to allude to this in a minute. I don't believe the woman, Mary, understood the significance of what she was doing. But Jesus is about to tell us the significance of what this woman is doing. What's interesting is that his own disciples began to scold her. And, and this word is very interesting. That's why I underlined it. It means to snort at her. <laughs> they were mad. <laughs> you ever see a bull snort as he digs in right before he comes that's the idea here. They are so bent out of shape over what she did. You say, well, what's the big deal? Well, it, it was a lot of, or a very expensive perfume. 300 denarii. That's about a year's worth of salary for a Jewish person. Can you imagine taking a year? How many of you men would buy your wives or your significant other a 12-ounce thing of perfume that costs a year's worth of salary? Anybody do that? If you would do that, come talk to me. Because we need <laughs> wisdom. I wouldn't do that. She, Monique would probably throw it back in my face. i take it back. Get the money. Give me the money. <laughs> this, was, this was expensive. This was expensive, right? Now, keep in mind everything that's wrapped up in here. We, we can't, you know, a lot of times when you look at scripture, you got to get behind the text culturally to see the weight of what's going on here. Okay? We're, we're dealing with a woman who is pouring out this ointment that is worth a year's worth of salary. Women who were what? Down here, culturally, monetarily, did not make much. And she has a year's worth of salary she's about to pour out. Do you see the sacrifice this woman's making? What in the world drove her to do that? Not only that, it, it, it could very well be that this perfume that she has, although they used it to prepare bodies for burial, it does have monetary value. It could have been given to her as a dowry for when she got married or for when she needed to be taken care of. She's giving everything, monetarily speaking, to dump this on the feet of Jesus. Why? Remember who she is? She's the brother. She's, I, keep saying she, I keep saying she's the brother. I'm thinking about our culture. <laughs> she's the sister of who? Lazarus. Right? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Here you have Jesus, Lazarus who's been raised from the dead, and you have Martha and Mary who are his sisters. She is expressing to Jesus such an attitude of gratefulness, of thanksgiving for what he did. No doubt that's wrapped up in this. I don't believe she understood the significance of what she was doing. But Jesus is going to give us some more insight as we continue here. But Jesus said, leave her alone. <laughs> I like the way that is in the original language. Shut up. I like that. <laughs> I don't know why English translators were scared to translate it that way. It, 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 it's Jesus like, stop it. Close your mouth. And this is Jesus talking to his own disciples because they are berating this woman. And look what Jesus says. 
Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Wow. Now watch this. Judas, talking about we could have sold it for money, right? So we could have given it to the poor. Okay, Judas, listen. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. Wow. Remember the reason that they're upset about this is because they could have used that to feed how many poor people? Hundreds. A year's worth of salary? That's not what they wanted to do. Oh, that sounded good. That sounded real pious. We're going to see in a minute. That's not what was the heartbeat of what they said. The fact is, Jesus says, you're worried about the poor? Don't worry about that. You'll have them with you all the time. You can, you can start feeding them tomorrow if you want. But you don't understand, you don't have me always. Again, they weren't putting it together. He's about to go to the cross. The fact is, there will always be opportunity to minister to the poor. But this woman, Jesus is going to say, this woman is preparing my body for my death. I don't think Mary understood the significance of what she was doing. But yet, Jesus, who is God in the flesh, is looking forward to what's about to happen. And he's, he's looking at what she's doing her sacrifice, her worship of him, anointing him. There's a lot of pictures involved here. Because look, in the Old Testament, you know what they would do with oil? They would anoint a king. Do you know who would anoint the king in the Old Testament? Only the prophet or the priest. But in our narrative, here you have a woman symbolically anointing the Messiah as king. Wow. Did she understand all the significance of that? I, I don't think she did. But as you and I look back and see, it's like, oh my goodness, look at this. God, in his sovereignty, having a woman who's not looked culturally as being up here in this time, in this society, using her to pour out the most expensive Thing possible on him, anointing him as king, preparing him for his death. So many nuances on what's going on here when you look at what's happening in the Jewish culture. Only God could orchestrate something like this, guys. Look at what Jesus says. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. <laughs> you see, when, when a critic talks about they, don't, they have a problem with the Bible because the Bible totally marginalizes women, it's like you need to pick up your Bible and read it again and hear what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, how he constantly elevates women. And here is just one example. The whole world will know what she has done. Whenever the gospel is proclaimed in the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And we're saying it right now, what she did <laughs> in 2021. And every time this passage is preached, there's a testimony to her sacrifice 
to what she did in anointing the body of Christ. Now notice Judas. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priest in order to betray him to them. Wait, what? Which is happening. Judas was one of the ones saying, we could have sold this perfume for 300 denarii for the poor. The next, now we see Jesus, I mean, Judas is doing what? He's going to the chief priest in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. You little snake. <laughs> you were all up in arms, snorting all over the place because we could have had this money for the poor, and now here you are talking to the chief priests on how to betray Jesus Christ for what? Money. He had no concern for the poor. This was about his greed. The other gospels talk about Satan entered into him. And he ultimately became the one who betrayed Jesus Christ. They promised to give him money and he sought an opportunity to betray Jesus Christ. As Jesus is moving closer to the cross, this woman, Mary, demonstrates such sacrificial love. And doing, what did Jesus say? All that she could do is what she did. All that she could do. She took the one thing of the most value in her possession and she dumped it on the head of Jesus. The other gospels show us that she also washed his feet with her hair, with this oil. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus Christ need her to do that? Did Jesus Christ need her to do that? No, I mean... Jesus didn't need her to do that. But yet she did it as what? An act of worship coming from her to him. Not even understanding the significance of what she was doing. The full significance of what that meant. Here's what the disciples had a hard time with. Oftentimes you see Jesus, when an event happens, he refers to his death. Like he did in verse 8. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. That was interesting. Commentators debate over why after Jesus said that did Judas then go to betray? Could it be that Judas finally realized, okay, you know what? Not only is he not going to set up his kingdom, he's allowing all this perfume to be wasted on him. That's money we could have had, which have gone, that, that would have gone with our power. You let all that go down the drain. And now you're talking about dying again. You know what? I'm out. <laughs> this is not what I thought it was. I don't know. It doesn't say. We do know this. That Judas was used by Satan to betray Jesus Christ. And one of the things that you know people struggle with, what did Jesus say about Judas? For this, you were born. What do you do with that? We're not going to get in that conversation right now. But in the sovereignty of God, 
and the sovereignty of God and God's plan of redemption, as we're looking back now from 2021, looking at what's happening in the life of Christ, we're seeing God's plan of redemption unfold. And it involved Jesus being betrayed, ultimately tried and crucified. That's the point of the story. Don't get hung up on all, well, what, wait, well, how come, well, what, don't lose the big picture of what's happening here. Jesus is moving closer to the cross and we're seeing glimpse of his death approaching. And here this woman is one of the examples of that glimpse as she anoints his body, he says, for his burial. You can't be buried until you are dead. For this purpose, I came into the world, Jesus said, to lay down my life, to be a ransom, pay a ransom for men, for our sin. This woman had no idea the, the gravity of what she was doing. So let me, let me ask you, as we look at this, think about this. How are we using our material resources in devotion to Christ? Because of his love, not for his love. There's a difference. She, this woman comes and pours out this expensive perfume her love and her devotion to Jesus. Why, why does she love Jesus? Well, I think, I think we can safely say that part of it is she raised her brother. He raised her brother from the dead, Lazarus. But if you look at the other Gospels, you will see in the conversation that Jesus had with her, he says, do you believe I'm the Christ? She says, I believe thou art the Christ. What does Mary do? All that I have, I'm pouring it on you. Now, is, is Jesus asking us to do what she did? Well, no, I, I think Jesus would challenge us, though. What am I doing with my material resources because of my devotion to Christ? Because of what Christ has done for me, not to earn his love, but because I already have his love. How am I using my resources? How about this thought? What is it we are expecting from Christ? What is it we are expecting from Christ? More than salvation? Comfort? Blessing? <laughs> what is, what, why did Judas, why did Judas say I'm out? I'm not doing this anymore. Why did all the disciples just leave them? Because Jesus was not giving them what they expected. They expected to rule and reign with Jesus in an earthly kingdom now. Get Rome off of Israel's back. And it didn't happen. So they're like, I'm out. I'm out. Now, we know the rest of the story. After the resurrection, their faith was ignited and they spread the gospel. But we can fall into the same trap. What is it that we are expecting from Christ? Is it enough that Christ was the Passover lamb? Is, is that enough? 
I do a lot of counseling, and, and, and so many times people are, you know, again, they say this, I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins, but, and it's usually something that's not happening in their life, job, health, marriage, whatever. And it's almost like, if he really loved me, why don't I have the comfort, the blessing? Why, why, why don't I have more than salvation if he really loved me? We can struggle with that, guys. We can struggle with that. Are we expecting from Christ something other than he promised? In this world, Jesus said what? You will have trouble. But take courage, I've overcome the world. So even if your trouble takes you out, you're mine. I got to rest in that. Does that mean I don't ask and I don't pray for comfort or I don't pray for blessings? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with asking those things. But it's, it's when do I expect you to do it? It's an attitude issue. What do I expect from Jesus Christ in light of my salvation? What drives your love for Christ? This woman gave everything. Everything. What drives your love for Christ? And again, not to earn love from Christ, but because you already had that love from Christ. How does that translate into how you live your life, how you're spending your time, how you're spending your resources? This is the challenge. When we look at what this woman did, when we look at the criticism she took, because it had to do with a lot of money. And then you hear Jesus say, she has done a beautiful thing. You guys are so focused on the material, you miss the spiritual significance of what she did. And how often do we do that? We miss the spiritual significance of who Christ is. And we're so focused on the material. It's hard not to do it. It's hard to believe in my heart I need a 68-inch plasma television so I can show Bible stories. So it's crystal clear. And people get the message, Lord, if you would just bless that. No, that's about the TV. That ain't about you showing Bible studies. Let's just be real. Right? We, we got to be honest about where we are with that. Are we putting more affection on the material than on the person? She didn't care about losing a year's worth of wages. It was for my Lord, my Savior. Let's pray. Father, I pray that as we just contemplate this short passage, that we would examine our own hearts. What are we doing with our resources? What is our love like to you? What is our devotion like to you? Because of the love that you have already given us. So, Father, I just pray that you will continue to work these truths in our minds and hearts as we continue to discuss this passage. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the AFC Podcast. I hope and pray today's word has challenged you to align your thinking with God's word. If you would like to come visit us for one of our services, we would love to have you. We are located at 457 West Allen Street in Allentown, Pennsylvania. We are in what is called the Daybreak Room, which is housed in the Dubs Community Center. 457 West Allen Street, Allentown, PA. Our services start at 1 p.m. 
So if you're looking for a church that sticks to the word of God, come on out and join us. We'd love to see you. Till next time, God bless.